Today's program was brought to you by Blueprint, the original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. For more information, visit Blueprint.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and today we're coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen to the show live every Thursday at 11 at heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes. Uh, today, I am joined by my partner in crime, Amy Azarito, and we've done a series of shows where we talk about sort of business and life issues, everything from sort of creating a work-life balance to finding your voice. And today, we decided we'd tackle one that's been sort of close and personal to both of us for the last couple years, um, which is living the life that you want to live, some big steps and small changes that you can make to turn your work and life goals into real life. Um, and Amy and I have been working together for almost six years now, and we've seen each other through some big work changes and big life changes. And I think each of us have really devoted ourselves, particularly this summer, to the idea of really taking our personal life and our personal happiness as seriously as our work life and our work happiness. And we've come across some steps and some tools that I think have been really valuable and really helpful for both of us. So yeah, I um, love this topic. Yeah. So we're super excited to talk about this today. So first of all, welcome, Amy. Yay. Thank Thanks you. I'm for so being excited here. to be here. I rainy, love Roberta's. Rainy Brooklyn day. Um, so this topic is something that I think is is particularly good to address in the summer because it's that rare time where I think most people have a little bit of extra time to work on things. And I feel like if you're a small business owner, you're kind of like, sweet, I have an extra mm. month to work on work, but I've gotten a little bit better about <laughs> pulling myself away from work. And it's, right. it's a scary feeling to back These off of that. These are sort of good things, I think, to think about when you're on vacation and kind of as you're gearing up for the fall. And I always feel like fall is back to school and it's time mm -hmm. to sort of gear up for, for some changes. You really work in the radio voice yeah, right I now. I'm just having my coffee. Yes, yeah, so it feels extra it's early very, this morning. It feels very early. <laughs> um, so we really, it was really inspired by a lot of personal and work changes we've made. And I think if, if any of you are people who've been reading Design Sponge for a while, you can tell that the tone of the site has kind of changed in the last year. And we've really made a bigger effort to inject content that has to do more with sort of a life lifestyle thing mm -hmm. than just straight products right. and homes and things like that because I think that the older that we've gotten and the more that we kind of devote ourselves to all things home the concept of filling your home with beautiful things has become equally important as the concept of being happy in the home that you've right. built for yourself and building a home that's genuine and important to you and means Personal. something beyond like man that's an awesome couch right exactly, <laughs> exactly. so um we want to share sort of our top four tips for sort of turning your life into the life that you want to live. Um, and we're going to break all of these down into steps so that they're easy to understand. And we have some interesting personal anecdotes behind all of them. Um, so I want to start with the first one, which is a little, could be a little cheesy, but it's been so happy, so much. which is so good. Um, I think if you're really trying to turn your reality, like all of your biggest dreams into something that's real, the first thing you have to do is actually get in touch with your goals and those dreams. Um, and that sounds like a, such a simple thing to do, but sometimes it's not. And you really need to unlock your brain and let yourself just kind mm -hmm. of dream big and think about things that maybe you're not even familiar with that you actually want. And we have a particular way of doing this. I'm going to let you take that oh, one. I'm so excited 
God, I love this. Well, you did it first, and then I, I begged you, um, <laughs> please, can we do this together? And so, actually, um, you had done it back in January, but then this summer we had a girls' weekend in the in the Catskills, and there were five of us there, and we all created vision boards. So we sat. Which right alone already sounds I, like totally oh, this is so self helpy. Yeah, exactly. but um, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so we, the idea is, as you had explained it to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you go through magazines and you cut out anything that speaks to you, mm-hmm. trying not to, um, sort of self edit or think about anything too much, just sort of letting yourself go and just cutting. Um, and then once you have everything assembled, once you have all these clippings, you sort of take your time and decide where you feel like you want to place it on this big poster board. And so we did this with in the Catskills with, with five girls. And what was amazing is we were all looking at these same magazines, passing them around, and they all looked so <laughs> radically different. And you could sort of see what people... I had a lot of like outdoors things mm-hmm. and um, a lot of patterns and colors and parties. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it was amazing. And then we tried to kind of analyze it. And that was the yeah. sort of self-helpy fun part. But that's, but. Fun. that's, that's really fun. I think the most important thing is if, <clears throat> if you're dreaming big and, and you really want to get in touch with stuff, you have to turn off that self-editing voice. And I think right. you kind of, you mentioned that. And that's the most important thing to remember about this first step is that you've got to stop judging the things that you actually want. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times if you've gotten kind of into a rut with your career, and it could be a good rut. It could be that things are going great and your business is going well. You're, t- you're supporting yourself that way but when you build something like that whether it's a brand or a shop or even just sort of a freelance career you start to make decisions based on what you feel like the expected brand Mm -hmm. decision would be as if okay well my next goal is I should like get a house and then I should turn that into a book about how I made over the house and all these kind of these steps which are good to have I mean they're kind of champagne problems in a way but at the same time it's important to remember that those those steps may not actually be what you want to take. Mm-hmm. And so I think the vision board is excellent for that because you turn your brain off, you flip through magazines, you don't think about it. And I feel like almost everybody ended up with right. stuff that they didn't ex- see coming at yeah, all. For sure. And and big stuff. And I think when I did mine in January, I really had to like be pulled, like kicking and screaming into the idea of doing it because I thought it was so crazy. And then I cut all this stuff out of weird magazines that weren't even design magazines. It was like science magazines and stuff. And I ended up with this thing that has completely mapped out the way my year <laughs> went, which was insane, um, but was so interesting. And I think in a way, it was just me letting my brain like dream, right. dream a little bit. Well, even to the point, I, uh, like you had a dog on there mm-hmm. and you ended up getting a dog. And I don't know. It, it's just weird the way those things sort of sort yeah. of happen. And, and for maybe me, you just unlock that and you like, oh, maybe I do want to dog yeah yeah exactly and i think for me the the most interesting part was aside from like what you end up cutting out is the way they end up pairing themselves Mm. together naturally and i had these like very distinct sections of the board and i think you did as well um where you end up seeing like oh maybe i actually do have this dream of trying to save up and buy a house or maybe this dream of taking Mm -hmm. this huge international trip or whatever it is these things become clear and it's so important to nurture and appreciate and respect those goals that you have in yourself rather than sort of downplaying them as silly or pie in the sky or like not as important as your work decisions and so that first step is so so crucial and i think we highly recommend the yeah. idea of vision boards and we're going to share pictures of, of our own personal yeah. vision boards uh in the post on design sponge tomorrow yes. which is slightly embarrassing but also slightly exciting because it's been so functional i see i need to turn off my little like judgy voice in my head that's making me feel bad about I doing love it i pull it out and show it to you i'm like it's my vision board <laughs> it's what do you so think good. it means it's pretty good 
So um, if step one is getting in touch with your goals and your dreams, mm-hmm. and we think a vision board is a great way to do that. Uh, the second one is really about creating small, actionable lists for yourself. Mm-hmm. And Amy calls these dream lists. Um, mm-hmm. And she's been really good at keeping them. So I'm, I'm going to let you explain cr- this I'm a one crazy, too. I'm a crazy list maker. Uh, I'm, I'm super crazy about it. But um, one of the things that I try to do is every quarter. I don't know why. You can do it however you want. I do it every quarter. So And like by season. So every fall. So I have a fall list. Um, I make a big dreamy list for myself. Like what, what do I want to happen in the fall? What sort of goals do I want to set for myself um, professionally and personally? And, and I put random things on there. I was, I was working on it this morning um, in anticipation of today. And I was thinking like, I've never been apple picking. So like <laughs> apple picking was on my list. Like this fall, I want to go apple picking. And I just, I just like let myself really think about where where I see those three mm-hmm. months going and what not only what I want to accomplish and what I want to do but how I want to spend my time and um and I try to think as like big as I as mm-hmm. as I can and not edit myself well the nice thing is you're also in addition to thinking big you're thinking in these like very small bite-sized activity right. ways and I think that's it's very getting things done like that system mm-hmm. um that everybody seems to love so much and I think that's in, David Allen right I think David Allen I is getting so, things yeah. done um where it's all about creating lists of actions that you can actually like break down and then really do. Because if you put something on a list, like I want to start a business, it's just, it's too big and it's too vague. But if you have a list of things, you're like, I want to go apple picking. I want to like buy a new bike. Mm -hmm. I want to like ride my bike all the way up to like this museum and do this action. That sort of stuff is so easy to do. And when you have lists of those things, it's just so much easier to do them and check them off. And then, Three weeks later, you look back and you're like, oh, my God, I've done all of these really exciting things I wanted to do. And then suddenly, like, you have this beautiful personal life that can balance out your right. work life. And then, I, I mean, I do lists every day. So so if I have those big lists that are in the back of my mind and I know, for example, that, you know, I want to finish a book or I want to do something like that, then it's every day working a little bit toward mm-hmm that thing. I mean, if one of your goals on the list is, like, run a 5K, you make the list big and mm-hmm. then you make your daily list sort of yeah. a little bit more actionable. And you keep yours on your fridge, right? I used to keep it on my fridge and then I lost a list <laughs> at one point. Um, and so now I just keep it on my phone and sometimes I look at it while I'm on the train and oh, I add smart. to it and revise it. Um, and and I can look back and see my list from like last summer, for example. It's good. Um, I think it's, it's, fun. it's well, it's one of those things we always seem to drill home a lot is the importance of like going back and appreciating and celebrating all the right. tiny milestones that you've gotten through, whether it's just like, I managed to, you know, read all four books I wanted to read this summer or whatever. Like, it's important to acknowledge those things as equally as you acknowledge your work goals, because I think all of us are so used to and we've spoken so extensively about how to break down your work life and make it easier and more fun and more efficient. And it's I think we've all hit an age now where we realize it's just as important to apply that efficiency and intention to your personal life. It's your one life. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And it's so easy to let work just become everything. So um, that leads us so perfectly into uh, step number three, which is letting yourself get Mm. lost. This is something I've like fully embraced this Mm. summer. And it's been so nice to see that like, if you find something that makes you happy or you discover an activity or a thing that like makes you feel excited and passionate and wants you to like, you want to live whatever this version of your happy life is, you have to let yourself have that moment to just kind of run away from everything else and do that. And it's important to see that you can do that and that your business Mm -hmm. won't completely fall on its face while you're gone. And I've talked about this before in business uh, radio shows where I talked about the importance of delegating and that delegating even just the tiniest tasks are so important because they give you chances to get used Mm -hmm. to the idea of letting go of control and letting somebody else 
take over things or even just letting the business like be quiet for a while. And for me, the first way I did that was when I think three years ago, I started taking a full week off in August for Labor Day or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, And we wouldn't write on the blog for a full week. And I assumed we'd lose like all of our readers. And for the most part, you don't lose any readers. And people are like, oh, great. It's a break. We'll see you on September 1st. Um, and it's the same thing with your personal life. You've got to be able to embrace that. And if you make these big lists and you start making these like tiny actionable lists, things are going to start changing. You're going to start ta- doing activities or discovering new hobbies or meeting new people that make you really happy. And you need to be okay giving yourself time to like completely fall into that thing. Like mm-hmm. Ari- um, Amy discovered Ariel this year, yeah, which is this summer, silks actually. and this like really incredible sort of workout slash just kind of physical art form that's right. so incredible and you've really like de- I love like it. been head first into that in such a fun fun way well, and i think that's part of what we were saying before too is like silencing that critical voice and saying like you know and sometimes i have this voice it's like this is stupid <laughs> like you are climbing up ropes you know in You're a climbing gym, up pink, pink silk things <laughs> not, ropes. not even ropes like pink <laughs> silk florally you know things um, and you're paying money to do this <laughs> and like what you know and I have the longboard and I skateboard and sometimes I'm, you know I'm just like what am I doing but I think silencing that I mean like I mm-hmm. love this and I'm having yeah. fun who cares and I don't care who's watching me and I don't care what it looks like from the outside I know what it feels like from the inside um, that such, that's, a, such a good way to describe it Amy but really like you know what it feels like on the inside. Nobody else knows what right. that's like. And I feel like that's that's the hardest thing in life, period, is to ever just turn off like your inner yeah. judge that's like, people are going to think this is silly or I shouldn't be spending money on this or time on this. But like at the end of the day, those people aren't going to be with you when you're like no. 85 and you're in a rocking chair on a porch. Like you want to be with people or just yourself that like in a way that is completely exactly. you and that makes you happy and the sooner you could start turning out that voice or trying to in small ways the happier you are and i think letting yourself get lost whether it's in longboarding or discovering a new hobby or a new vacation spot or whatever it is is so so important because it's so easy to lose yourself in work yes. and people high five you like crazy <laughs> exactly. for losing yourself in work and especially in new york it's like the holy grail of success if you've completely like given up your free time to run a business and i think there's something kind of twisted and off about that. So lose yourself in something fun. Um, and the last step is also something Amy has been so, so good at. Clearly, Amy is a doer <laughs> in this relationship, um, um, which is rejection Love therapy. And we've talked about this a little bit on air before, but it's something that I think has been incredibly effective for Amy in particular. And I find endlessly inspirational because she's far gutsier than I am, which means I should be doing this step, uh, which is just getting used to the idea of hearing no or being rejected and having that sort of be a hurdle that you don't have anymore. So Amy, talk a little bit about rejection therapy and how that's useful and like getting things done yeah so the idea so rejection therapy actually started as this sort of a social self-help game and you could download an app and um and i have it and it gives you uh questions that you can ask to and the goal is to hear the word no so um and to become immune to that and not Mm -hmm. care again again it's a little bit about silencing that voice that's like oh i'm an idiot and i'm so you have to do things like one of the uh, challenges was to ask for um, a discount somewhere before you pay and uh, <laughs> not after. And I did that one uh, at my nail salon and I knew they didn't have a discount and I go there all the time. So and good. in hindsight, it's better to choose places that you don't go to all the time. <laughs> but um, 
So, and I asked, and um, they were just like, no. <laughs> you know, totally weirded out. But one of the scariest didn't ones. Didn't you ask for a Tuesday discount on a Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm, I was like so flustered. I didn't even know what I was doing. I mean, it's weird. It's the smallest thing, but your heart starts pounding and the mm-hmm. adrenaline is going. Um, I asked a woman. Uh, I decided I was, I was on the train. I was like, I'm going to ask someone. One of the challenges is ask for like change for $5. Um, which is a stupid amount of money to get change for. Yeah. And no one has it. And they're like, that's dumb. Change for $5. Um, so, and I was like picking out the people. I don't know. Should I ask this person? Yeah. No, they're like too occupied. I'm going to ask this person. And I asked this woman. And my heart, I thought it was going to just like leap out of my chest. I was so scared. And of course she said no. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of laughed. And she yeah. thought it was sort of funny. And I yeah. was like, I did it. And I walked <laughs> off the train. But it was really about just not, you know. How did you feel after that? Like when you walked off the train? It was a rush. <laughs> like, I'm not an adrenaline junkie or anything, but it was a rush. And I think, you know, I, I think also that... And your kicks on the subway asking for change as a result. But I think, you know, as women, we can sort of, in society, you can insulate yourself and not ask for mm-hmm. anything. You know, if um, you cannot ask anybody out, you cannot ask... Um, uh, you're the one who gets asked for mm-hmm. things, you know, as yeah. women. We get asked. We don't ask. And if you're trying to move forward in a sort of business sense, that's not always the best way to operate. Yeah. You can't wait for people to ask you. You need to be brave enough to ask. And so that's what rejection therapy yeah. it's is also, about. It's also important to ask for exactly what you want. Exactly. And I think wasn't – I remember you telling me at some point – I can't remember if you did this or if this was a challenge. We had to, like, ask for some weird-shaped cake from, like, a cake place or something. Someone did that, yeah, online. Because yeah. if you go online, you can find, like, all these amazing videos and um, and one of the, the – and I'm, it's a skate we'll, – we'll put it on the blog. Um, but one of the guys asked for a uh, – donuts shaped like the olympic sign or something <laughs> like that and he got it like yeah. this woman like was like okay i i can do that i can and it was like this an amazing moment for him where i think he realized like you know if you ask you, yeah. you like you allow people to give you things and this woman gave him something um and worked really hard to to make it it was really a sweet sweet exactly. video we'll link to it tomorrow. and i think i mean i think that's something that affects a lot of women maybe more than men and i wish that wasn't the case but i feel like just right. from just from the pure amount of women we speak to on a regular basis who run small businesses like it seems like most people are terrified to ask for exactly what they want they ask right. they already mitigate it in their head it's like right. okay i want this thing i'm gonna ask for half the version of that and then i'm probably exactly. gonna get half of that and i feel like you should start with twice of what you want and then right. end up with exactly what you want or just start with twice screw it and get more than you want right. why not exactly why not um but i think that's really important I don't think that's really taught to people. It definitely wasn't taught to me when I was younger. It was definitely more of a like, be polite, ask for what you think is the most convenient thing for whatever that person that you're asking from is, which maybe is a Southern thing. But I think it's also just, it's not really taught to us. And I think it's so detrimental, not just to work, which we've talked about so, so much. Um, But in your personal life, because whether or not it's like a skill you want to learn or a trip you want to take or just some life goal you want to have, I think people just really kind of, lower that i have a friend who does um there's like silent retreats where you go for like weeks and you're Mm. quiet or whatever um which is like my worst nightmare (laughs) i can't imagine it um but she really wanted to take like the two month long version of Mm. it um which is so cool and so if that's what you want to do i think that sounds great um 
but didn't want to like bother people to kind of help her with what she would need help with while she was gone, which was like watching a cat and taking care of plants and stuff. Right. So she was like, well, okay, there is like a week long version. And I was like, but you wanted to do the two month one. Like, why don't you just, if you can do that and you're somebody whose job allows that, why wouldn't you like right. dream big and go for that? Maybe that's, maybe that's the turning point in your life that like helps you create some next big, wonderful project or a phase in your life. And she ended up really sort of like relegating herself to like a weekend thing, which was fine. But it was just so sad to watch this big, hmm. exciting goal that like makes somebody's face light up turn into this like, oh, it's all right. I have like this tiny right. taste of it. And that's fine if that's all your schedule allows. But I think sometimes it's really important to just actually go for like the for biggest, the big best version yeah. of what you possibly can. Yeah. Um, which makes me want to talk about our next kind of top four list, which I feel like I always learn so much more from the bad, <laughs> the bad stuff <laughs> than the good stuff. And like, I, maybe if I can learn that way, it will help other people not learn that way. Um, but I want to talk about kind of like the top four roadblocks that I think mm. you run into once you start making these steps and this sort of way of thinking a part of your reality is you're just inevitably going to run into problems. Like there's never any like one solution to a life issue. It's always just a constant system of checks and balances. And thinking about mitigating your actual hopes and dreams into something that's easier to manage is kind of the first thing for me, which is like the power of guilt not just in your work life, but in your personal life. And in some ways, I mean, guilt can be incredibly useful. I think sometimes it's sort of a great internal reminder that maybe you're uncomfortable with something or there's an issue that you need to deal with. But I almost feel like guilt is this completely wasted emotion, like 95% Mm. of the time, because it's something that just makes you feel bad about being who you are or wanting what you want or in the worst case, just actually getting what you want and then feeling like I don't deserve this or... I'm not, I'm not supposed to be able to have both of the, like you shouldn't be able to have like a happy work life and a happy personal life. Right. And there's just all this heaviness that I think comes with making decisions that are like ones that actually make right. you happy. And it's, it's so difficult. Do you have any ways you, in your head you like deal with the idea of guilt? Like when you feel guilty about something you've done that you know you that shouldn't should, feel yeah. guilty about, or is that something you're still kind of, I feel like it's something I struggle with. And then I, I take on like, you know, ridiculous guilt like if i you know eat i mean half the time i'm like trying to be (laughs) vegan and if i eat like a fit if i eat like you know a fish that i'm like just have personally destroyed the ocean that's like (laughs) guilt but you know it's not i i think that it's it's about practice and it's about trying to remind yourself that you know you're doing the best you can and you're you're trying to move through life with as much grace as you can muster um and that you deserve all the wonderful things. And honestly, I feel like the most, the best thing that you can really do for that is really cultivate your friendships and Mm -hmm. you can rely on your friends. And I think sometimes we magnify our guilt by remaining silent about it. Mm -hmm. And if you tell someone, particularly if you have a good friendship or a, you know, parent or spouse Mm -hmm. you feel close to, um, and and let someone just say the words mm-hmm. aloud. And I think sometimes by being silent, um, it, it magnifies. Um, but if you say it, you can talk about it and have someone tell you that it's not a big yeah. deal. And sometimes that's kind of all you need. I think talking about guilt really takes away like such a huge percentage of its magnitude of just being able to kind of express that you're like embarrassed to feel guilty about something or you're embarrassed that you feel this even if you know like I have this struggle all the time I'm like I'm a 32 year old woman I shouldn't feel guilty about like whatever things I've decided to give myself in my life that are kind of like you feel guilty about not feeling yeah (laughs) exactly and then it's it's like this vicious circle and I finally had this moment 
like this week or last week or something where like I just accepted the fact that like one of the ways I treat myself to something is I'll take a car service mm-hmm. rather than taking the subway, which, you know, I've been doing this forever. Um, and like, I, and I, I should not feel bad about this. I'm going to do this to myself right now. I don't feel bad about it. And I don't feel bad about it because there are so many ways in my life where I do not give myself the option to take it easy or work a little bit less hard or I, or I give myself a hard time personally, whatever it is. And there are ways in which I decide to be efficient with my life that allow me to work harder and others. And that's become right. one where I'm like, yes, I spend money on car services that most people probably wouldn't spend on that. But in that time, I feel like taken care of. I feel like I'm efficiently traveling. I think it's efficiency. Yeah. Like if it's, I was, if you yeah. were telling this to me, I would tell you, cause I see you do this and I would say, I think that you do it not as like this big indulgence, but because you want to be very efficient with your time and it ends up being the most efficient way and you're able to maximize your time. Well, and it's both. And that's part of like not feeling bad about it. Is it recognizing that? Yes. A lot of the times I'm like, Oh, it is actually just faster to take a car there because I'm running late or blah, blah, blah. But it's also like, it's this moment where I feel taken care of and I'm taken care of myself. And it's, I always, I feel like everything in my life goes back to sex in the city, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> but it's like, I remember watching that Mr. Big character always take a car service everywhere. And I just thought like, man, he's really arrived. Like that's the way to get around to New York. And I'll never, oh, ever be at that point in my life probably. But th- every now and then taking one, it's just, it makes me feel good. And right. I've always felt guilty about that. and would like never admit it. And would pretend I just got off of a subway or something. And I finally was like, you know what? I feel like I'm of an age where like I've earned it. If this is, this is how I choose to spend my money. That's fine. And it's difficult because I feel like sometimes people give you flack for it. And it's one of those things where everybody in their life chooses to take care of themselves in different ways. Some people go out to eat really nice dinners Some people buy themselves really expensive clothes Some people take long trips, whatever it is. Like everyone has their way of taking care of themselves and giving themselves a break. And I feel like people should not be judgmental of what that way is. How others choose. Yeah. Unless it's impacting on you in some way. And that leads me into the next uh, roadblock, which I feel like is honestly the biggest one that I kind of run into, which is like, I think when people see people who are happy, sometimes they feel the need to kind of like take it down a notch as if like, Oh, here's this woman who's kind of figuring it out and trying to make it work for herself. And she's giving herself some time off or whatever those Mm -hmm. decisions are, where you're living the life you want to live. And people look at that and maybe they feel jealousy or maybe they feel frustration or maybe whatever emotion comes up, they feel the need to kind of make you feel bad about it. Mm. And it's not coming from a place of you doing anything wrong. It's purely coming from a place of somebody else kind of wanting to live the same thing. Right. Um, and I feel like that's a huge roadblock because we're so we're just taught to really care about what other people think about right. our decisions. And I think that's the biggest thing I still struggle with is turning off that part of me that already anticipates somebody else's reactions to my decisions. Right. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what we were talking about earlier, that just reminding yourself where you are and, and how happy you are in this place and how it's right for you. I mean, you're the only person who can make that decision. And um and to really be strong. I mean, it's about being strong and not letting other people try to, to try to take that away from yeah, you. Yeah, I had this like really, I don't think I even told you this. Mm. I had this like very vivid dream the other night about, in this dream I was a movie director. Maybe I want to be a movie director. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I was, I was a movie director and I was choosing between like what everyone around me was telling me was like a dream project I should be doing or making a decision to like stay and be in a place with somebody that I loved. 
and in the dream it was like such an easy decision for me and i was like well of course i'm not taking that job Mm -hmm. like i'm choosing to prioritize my personal life and i'm gonna be happy and that's what's gonna like Mm -hmm. be with me my whole life but in the dream i already anticipated how disappointed everybody was going to be about me not making this decision and in the dream i like literally was having an argument with people about like defending my decision which was when i woke up and was like that's not even real life that's ridiculous but i was like oh there's just really this part of my brain that's so fully ingrained with the idea of like must anticipate everybody else's reactions to what i'm gonna do how to then like handle those reactions right rather than just being like accept the idea that everyone is going to have an opinion about what you do it may not be one that you like and the sooner you can just kind of let that opinion go or just let it roll off your back the better you are to just move forward and i feel like if people see that you're happy eventually they kind of come around to the idea of like oh she's yeah if they love she's figured it out yeah she takes car service every now and then that's totally fine (laughs) by every now and then (laughs) i mean every day and that's all right (laughs) um third one is something i think you have done so well um but we're almost out of time. I'm gonna, I feel like you have a lot to say about this topic, so let's take a break, and then we're going to come back to the third uh, roadblock, which is, I think, something everyone can relate to, which is time management and the importance of discipline. So okay. we'll be right back. Yeah. Blueprint is the original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. Designed to purify and detoxify, Blueprint Cleanse is made from the freshest 100% raw and USDA certified organic ingredients, cold pressed to retain nutrients and flavor. Blueprint also offers a line of organic juices, cold pressed and raw, in a variety of fruit and vegetable combinations and available in individual bottles. Blueprint Cleanse is available at Whole Foods Market and many other retailers across the U.S. To learn more about their line of organic cleanses, juices, and other products, visit them today at Blueprint.com or call them at 866-774-6831. That's 866-774-6831. Work hard, play hard. Cleanse, repeat. Welcome back to After the Jump. Uh, Today we're talking about living the life that you want to live. And we've already covered what Amy and I think are sort of the four biggest steps for making your reality or your dreams into realities. And we were talking about roadblocks as sort of the end of the show. And we've talked about how detrimental guilt and sort of feedback and jealousy can be. And I really want to wrap things up with two things that are really important Mm -hmm. and, you know, good to think about. Amy has done so well. And one of the last things is the challenge of time management and discipline. And I think all of us think Amy is one of the most disciplined people we know. Amy, how do you make discipline sort of a, a part of your life? Um, well, I, I don't feel dis- I'm, I feel like I'm always working on it. But one of the things that I really try to do is um, trick myself. Um, so I sort of prioritize what I really want to get done for that day. Um, and then it's a competition with myself all day long to either check those things off the list or um, don't let myself, you know, watch Orange is the New Black until <laughs> I get my inbox down to 10 mm-hmm. or you know, I'm going to go to yoga five times a week. And so this is how I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go with these chunks of time. And, yeah. um, and it's really, um, I think when you're, when you do that, when you're watching yourself achieve your goals, you get a lot of personal satisfaction. So I don't have to work very hard 
to do those things because I like it so much. Yeah. It's really fun. But I feel like you just mentioned it there. Like you sometimes build in a little reward system there of like, if I do this, I get to do this. And I think that's a really right. important thing. And I think that's just as there's nothing undisciplined about that. That's actually like a really practical way to look at like, okay, if I reward myself for eating this way or not buying this thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're trying to achieve and you give yourself this little tiny treat at the end of it, it makes it a more functional way to get through that tough part. Yeah. Which is good. I don't have any of that in my life, so I'm going to look to you for that. Um, The last thing we want to talk about before we head out um, is the roadblock of devaluing yourself. I think this is something that you run into a lot once you're trying to get a plan like this in action is it's really easy to start thinking like, okay, I'm going to put myself first because I understand that if I take care of myself, I'm a better worker, I'm a better partner, I'm a better everything in my life. But when real life kind of creeps back in, it's so easy to make yourself second and then third and then fourth and then right. fifth and then you right back into this rut of being really unhappy and then you're not an effective business person or anything in your life. So I think it's really important to kind of look back at that list that Amy he was talking about before the dream list and remember the reason that you made it and the reason that you're choosing to kind of make these even just small scale changes in your life which is really about taking care of yourself and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because the more you take care of yourself the better you are to everyone in your life and the better you are to yourself and that's reason enough mm-hmm. on its own and I think if you can leave with one message today the idea of sort of taking away that self editor and the guilt and letting yourself embrace like taking care of yourself and loving whatever it is that you really want to do or Mm -hmm. the things that make you happy it just makes you such a happier person and that totally trickles down to everything else in your life if you can leave with two make a vision board (laughs) (laughs) step two make a vision board step two make a vision board Um, and we're going to share our vision boards on design sponge tomorrow so stay tuned and we'll be back with more life work balance talk uh, soon thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.